two people went up Gardam is the place where they hang a person the gallows so two people went up to the gallows to be to be uh, hung, hanged and they did the exact same Avera, the same crime, same verdict, everything is exactly the same. And yet, says the Gemara, Zayorad Vizelo Yorad. One of those sick people got better, and the other one didn't. Zanito Vizelo Nito. One of them, all of a sudden, the last minute, some emergency pardon came from the president, and he went home free, and the other one did not make it. Why, says the Gemara? Zehis fallow banana. One of them davened and he was answered. Zehis fallow nana. And the other one also davened and he wasn't answered. Why, says the Gemara? Zehis fallow tfila shlema. This one davened a tfila shlema, a perfect tfila, complete tfila. And therefore he was answered. Says Rashi, what's a tefila shleima? What's the shleima mean? Complete, perfect tefila. Says Rashi, this kavin. They had kavana. One of them had kavana, and the other one didn't. And Rabbi Elapian Zechariah Lebrach used to say, "There's no difference between these two people. They both have the same crime. They both have the same sickness, and they both davened. And the only difference was in the kavana." One of them, the Gemara says, had Kavana, and the other one didn't have Kavana. And obviously, you can't say he didn't have any Kavana at all. I mean, the guy's on his deathbed, the guy's about to be hanged, so he probably had Kavana, but it wasn't complete. It wasn't a Tfilah Shlema. So we have to understand really what this Kavana is that Rashi's talking about. What makes something a Tfilah Shlema? So there's different perushim. One chat, Ramichi Yudu Lefkowitz, Echayna Levracha, Shivan Panovich, he said as follows. He says, The Kavana is, Sheyeda mimihu mevakesh pitfilose. A person has to know, who is he davening to? Who is he seeking out his request? Who is that? The Rabbi Nishalaylam, who is a Baal Yechayla, who could do anything. <coughs> Says Ramichi Yehuda, that a tefillah shlema with this understanding could only follow a person who is strong in their amuna. Kavanu zuborak achare yisaydei amuna. A person has to be strong in their belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the kol yachol who asav oisav yasal chol amasim. A person has to be strong in their amuna. That the rabbinu shleilim is the one who does everything and anything. And he wants to help us. And he's Avinu And now that I'm coming to request from this Kal Yachal from the Rabbeinu Shalaylam, my tefillah is an entirely different tefillah. My tefillah is an entirely different tefillah. Now, how does one accomplish this? How does one accomplish this? So, the, really, if you, really, if you think about it for a moment you're trying to get to the goal of a complete and a perfect tefillah and we're saying that the prerequisite for that is amuna, but really the way to get there is through tefillah and up going like a circle 
Because when a person davens, and the more one davens, and the more one thinks about what they're saying, so then you start living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For example, Kadal tells us, Pasuk says, Vahi Hashem is Yosef, Vahi Ishmatzliach. Yosef is in the house of Paitifar, and he's being very Matzliach there. Vayara Dainav Ki Hashem Itai. And his master, Paitifar, saw that Hashem was with him, Bechol Hashem, Hu Oisa Hashem Matzliach Biyadeh. Whatever he did, Hashem made successful. Says Rashi, Ki Hashem Itai was me, Hashem was with him. He saw Hashem walking around with him, where did he see him? Says Rashi, Shem Shamayim Shogar Alpiv. Yosef was always having the shame of Hashem on his lips. And the Medrash explains, He never stopped talking about Hashem. For example, He was going, he had to go and serve Paitifar. She started whispering something. And he would say, Rebain Ha'ilam. Rebain Ha'ilam. You're the one who helps me. You're the one who sustains me. Please give me success in what I'm doing. Anytime he had to go set the table, he had to go whatever he used to do before he did it. He said it's Bila, HaKadosh Baruch Hu help me. And Paisifar asked him, what are you doing? Are you saying some magic? How is it possible? You know, he would send him in to do a three hour job. And 15 minutes later, Yosef Atzal, come up, I'm done. So what do you do? He can't be. Go look, it's all finished, perfect. How'd that happen? It must be that magic that you're saying. What are you saying? I'm not saying any magic. I'm diving into the Rabbani Shalom, that you find favor in your eyes. That you give me success. Every step of a person's life, every moment of your day, a person has to think from, think, Rabbani Shalom, help me. Give me success. That's how a person becomes that's how a person becomes an Ish Matzliach. No matter where they are, even Yosef HaTzadik in the house of the Mitri as a slave, he was successful. Beyond anyone's dreams, for one reason. Because every step of the way, he davened HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And says that he, an old Talmud Chacham, from Yakira Yerushalayim, from the elders of Yerushalayim, told him, and this is something everyone could utilize, that at the end of davening in the morning, right before Yehul Aratzayim, he would go through what the plans are for his entire day, and he would talk it out in his tefillah, and ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for success. For example, he used to say, I have to go to the Makola today, I have to go to the supermarket. Let me be successful, Rabbi Nishuel, in finding what I need. I shouldn't be ripped off. It should be fresh. It shouldn't be too expensive. And so on and so forth. Even trivial things. Those just saying, you know, about learning and so on and so forth. Trivial things every step of the way, right before Yil Ratzain, he would stop and ask HaKadosh for Hatzlacha. And of course, Later on during the day, as he went through his day, he would continue asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Hatzlacha. Let's take the first half for a moment. That's something everyone could do. You're davening anyways. You're davening, if you stop for a moment, right before you, and of course the rest of davening you can make very personal as well. You can find all your bakashas in davening. 
But sometimes you're not sure where to fit in, you know, uh, going to the Makola, to something like that, or whatever your needs are. And before you, Lerotzain, you speak it out with your mouth, and you think about what's going on today, that I'm doing, I need success. I have a job, I have school, whatever it is, please, Rebbe give me success. That whatever comes my way, whatever it is, and identify that, to think about it. And it doesn't take very long, a few minutes, then you don't have to go through every step of your day. But even if the major things that are going on, and even if yesterday you asked for success in your job, and today's no different, of course it's different, we all know, one day could be a flop, and one day could be a success. Is there a rhyme or a reason? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But there's rhymes and reasons for things. When a person starts identifying HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the one who gives them the success, your life becomes a different life. And then, of course, you have to find ways throughout the day to connect with the Rabbi Nishalayim. We mentioned this here in all various places, different times. But the idea of a bracha. A bracha was instituted that a person should remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Before you do anything, before you benefit from this world, before you do a mitzvah, after you go to the bathroom, a person should identify and connect and recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's only one bracha that we know for sure is Minat Torah. Berchaz HaTorah is the Machlaikis, but Berchaz HaMazan is the only bracha. That's the only bracha that exists from Torah law. Everything else after that is Midrabanan, at least the composition of it. And the mitzvah of benching, the mitzvah of benching, Meshachachma explains this, others explain it as well, almost clear in the Psukim. Why does the person have to bench? Why when you're full? Why when you're full do you have to bench? When you're satiated? Why don't you have to make a bracha according to Torah law before you eat? I'm hungry. Hashem just gave me this food. Let me thank Him. The Meshachach explains very simply. A bracha is an antidote to the Eitzahara. You see clearly in the Parshas, Dvar, Meshachan, and Ekev, all over the place. V'ram levav chavishachachta. V'ochal v'sovah v'doshen. When a person is satiated, when a person's full, when a person's happy, what happens? They start forgetting the Rabbi Shalom. They start saying, Look what I could do, look what I could, I could support myself, what I, could happen to me, I could do it all myself. When a person's hungry, they don't need such reminders about a Kaddish Baruch They start turning to Hashem. People are chas v'shalom and eight Sarah, no atheists in the foxhole. They turn to the Rabbi Shalom. So when everyone's comfortable, and everyone's happy, and they don't, not in, in any trying times, then everyone starts thinking, okay, you know, the Rabbi Shalom's all, of course, I believe. They start getting very complacent. That's when the Yitzhahara kicks in. So says the Torah, now you have to bench. Remind yourself at the time that you're most vulnerable to the Yitzhahara, remind yourself that there's a Rabbi Shalom. Chazal didn't have such faith in us. They said you have to make a bracha before you eat too. Remind yourself of the Rabbi Shalom. But it's all based on the one bracha that the Torah told us the, what is the prototype of a bracha. An antidote to Sahara. It's a way of remembering HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when a person could forget. And Chazal came along and said you have to remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you have to recite a hundred brachas a day. 
have to remember HaKadosh Baruch a hundred times a day. If you make a cheshbin, we've said this before, you make a cheshbin, which you don't have to do it this way, but just, if a person's up for 12 hours a day, you divide that evenly by a hundred, so every 7.2 minutes, a person has to remember Hashem. That means, Chazal had such faith in us, how easily we forget HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they said every seven minutes you need a new reminder. That's what a bracha is all about. But it's more than that. It's more than just remembering there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the brachas themselves, a person could draw so much chizuk. I'm going to give you two examples of the same bracha how, depending on the situation, it applies to the person. And it's something that we could all utilize as well. I said some of this, I don't know if any of you listened in to the Kinnis on that I said, but I said some of it there. There was a, a Yid who went through the war, a Rav, wrote a Sefer, his name was Rav Aronson, his Rav before the war, and he was in various concentration camps. And he was in a concentration camp and a new group of uh, Yidin were just brought to the camp. They weren't really sure what they were in for. They didn't really know the ropes. Pretty soon they got the idea that they're going out to work in the freezing cold and the snow. Very little clothing, shoes. When they came back in to the barracks at night, they were all starving and freezing. And in the middle of the room was a big bowl of, we'll cut to call it soup. Basically, it was water, some other garbage in there, and there was a few pieces of horse meat and some tray for meat floating around there. And first they all ran there to look at it. This is their supper. And then they all started shrinking back. They were fresh to the concentration camp. Tray for meat. They're going to eat tray, but they're dying. So this Reverendson, who himself really was hoping that he wouldn't have to eat tray. There were... Sadiqim, Rabbanim, who didn't eat treif. But Api Halacha, it was mutter and perhaps even a mitzvah, or was a mitzvah. Sakanus Nefashus, Pikuach Nefesh, Vachai Vahem. Person's obligated to live and be over Isurim, unless it's the three cardinal Averis, to, uh, to, to live. But he realized that if he didn't make an example, that they weren't going to listen. So he went over to the soup, and he took a spoon, and he stuck it in and he made a bracha you make a bracha when you eat tray for food if for no one should ever have to eat tray for food if one eats tray for food because it's because nefesh make a bracha on that food because you're making a mitzvah <coughs> person who eats tray for food is not because nefesh you don't make a bracha on it don't eat the tray for food either but you for sure don't make the bracha but if it's because nefesh it's a mitzvah so he said Baruch Hato Hashem Alekeinu Malachilam Shakol Niyavid Varoy he took a little sip of it and then he turned to the, everyone there and he said, Do you understand what this bracha really means? Shehakol, everything, everything exists because of the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That doesn't just mean when you're comfortable at home and everything's safe. That means even if you're in the concentration camp, he said. And even if you have to eat trace in the concentration camp to survive, that's also Niyabidvaroi. That's a Kaddish Baruch Hu putting you in this situation and this is what he wants you to do. So when you recite that bracha, you're acknowledging the Rabbi Shalalam putting you in this situation 
And this is what you have to do. There's no greater testament of Amuna than to recite a shahakal in the concentration camp. If you understand what that shahakal means, it's not on the little itty bitty soup. It's on the situation. It's on your whole life. It's on everything going around. That small shahakal defines everything. On the flip side, Rabbi Salter was once in Paris. He was thirsty. So he went into a Jewish cafe, fancy place, and he asked for a cup of water. So they brought him a glass of water. When he asked for the bill, the bill came for the glass of water. I don't know, it was like $20, $25 for a glass of water. A glass of water, $25. So he said to the waiter, he says, what's the chance? I don't know, that's what it costs. He says, maybe call the manager over. The manager of the from beginning said, Rabbi, what's wrong? Is everything okay? He says, everything's fine, but I have a question. In Kovna, where I come from, I also could get a glass of water. I don't pay anything for it. And even if I would, it would be a couple cents. Can you explain to me why the water in Paris is $25? He says, very simple. He said, look around. Look at your hole. Look where you're sitting. This is one of the highest, high-class cafes in Paris. You're sitting on a comfortable chair. It's beautiful. It's air-conditioned. Look at the view. You're not just paying for that cup of water. You're paying for an experience. When you drink a cup of water in our cafe, you're not just paying for the water. You're paying for the whole ambiance, the whole experience of this cafe. For the waiters who are here to give you whatever you want. For the service. All that is in that cup of water. And that's what you're paying for. He went back to Kavna and he called his Kailo together, the Kavna Kailo, and he gave a shmuz. And he said, it always bothered him. Why, if I take a glass of water, I make the bracha shahakal niyabidvarim. Shahakal everything, everything you hear in this world is because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why, why am I bringing that up now? Uh, don't bother me. I'm having a glass of water. Thank Hashem for the water. It's a very small thing I'm talking about here. A simple thing, an available thing. Why do I talk about charcoal? Everything. Parents is very simple. Because when you drink a water, a glass of water, and look around at the cafe that you live in, look at the world, look at the trees, look at the everything. Look at this cafe that you're in. Look at the services that you have from the Rabbi Nishalaylam. That glass of water in this experience of life, of this world, you look at that glass of water, but you don't just thank Hashem for the water. The entire world, the entire Bria, everything, I'm thanking you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because I'm not just focused on this little glass, focused on the experience. Same bracha. The concentration camps meant one thing. So Salanta said, if you're able to appreciate the, the beauty and the Chachma, of the Bria, it means something else. They both really mean the same thing. But the situation it's tailor-made for. The same shahakal <coughs> that is saying, thank you, Zarkadosh Baruch Hu, and praising Him, and recognizing the Rabbi Nishulai love that a person has to eat in a concentration camp. That same bracha is being used for the person to describe what a beautiful and comfortable life he has drinking a glass of water in this beautiful world. Same bracha. <coughs> Another example. So Varenson said, How do you, what, did he, what did he have in mind when he made a burn of fascists? 
So he says as follows, Bereinu Fashayit Rabbayit Vechat Shoynan. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you created Nefashis Rabbis, many different people. The Chesroinon means what they need to eat. Which he explained to mean kosher food. Alkoma Shabarasa. But, you create a lot of other things also. Non-kosher food. What's the purpose of non-kosher food? And in fact, getting a little deeper here in the world of Kabbalah, the Svarim write that really, Anything in this world has to have some connection to Kedusha for it to exist. But the Svarim say the tray for food is 99 point whatever percent connected to Tumah, the Klippas HaTumah. What Kedusha, what connection does tray for food have to Kedusha? So Svarim say very simply that if a person is in a situation of Ikuach Nefesh, has a mitzvah to eat that tray for food. That's the Kedusha that it has Shaykhs to. So he says, And we thank Hashem for Chesroinon, that's kosher food. I'll call Masha Barasa. But we thank Hashem for the tray for food also. Why? What's the purpose of tray for food? Because sometimes you need it to revive a person who's about to die. That's what the Baron of Hashem giving Shvach HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the words Lahachyes Bad Nefesh Kalchai in his wor- world meant a person who's about to drop dead you're going to revive him <coughs> when we recite the bracha what kavan are we supposed to have? <coughs> what's the Pashup Shat? Barein means means the minimal amount that you need a person doesn't need a lot to live. He needs air, he needs water, he needs some bread. What do you need? You don't need luxuries. You don't need cake. You don't need all these fancy foods to, to survive. So we think HaKadosh Baruch Hu V'Ches means the things that are integral. The things that we're lacking, that if we don't have them, we'll die. Not only that, do we think HaKadosh Baruch Hu We're going to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the things that are luxuries. There's living, bare living, and there's living in luxury. Means we're thanking Hashem for all the luxuries. Again, the same bracha. What meant in the concentration camp? Bare minimum of life. In a different situation, means luxuries. Same bracha. But depending on the situation, the kavana is tailor made to the person. But the person has to tailor make it to themselves. And that's how a person starts living and connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That means to say, if you're stuck in traffic, and you're late for an appointment, and you're thirsty, and you take a, you know, a water bottle, or you take your yogurt, and you start eating it, and you break the bracha, shakol ni'avidvaray, you know what that means? Shakol, that means not just this yogurt or this water, that means my traffic jam. That means me being late. All of this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you think about that, your life becomes a different life. Because you're living with the Rebbein Shalom. This is what Hashem wants. He wants the situation. I'll get there when I'm supposed to get there. And if it's in a different situation, if a person's in an ace of simcha, and they make a shahakal, the shahakal should reflect shahakal niyavidvari, this wonderful time that I'm in. Every bracha is like that. Every bracha could be tailor-made to the situation that the person is in. We have a, I have a great uncle, one of the Tzadikei B'nai Brak, he's right upstairs from Rav Steinman, Shlita. 
and he comes here once a year so this year he was here and um, I drove him to the airport and we're about 15 minutes away from the airport and he called up the person in uh, New York who was supposed to pick him up from, from uh, LaGuardia or Kennedy wherever it was the person calls him back and says you know your flight was cancelled flight was cancelled what's that called the airline like a flight was cancelled so we're ready at the airport so uh, I went inside and figured out a flight all the flights to New York had been cancelled for that day got him on a flight so um it was about like four or five hours later was the flight. So they checked in the luggage and they said, let's go back home. So we came back to my house. So he walked into the house and my wife was there. So my wife said, I'm so sorry that your flight was, uh, was, was canceled. He looks at her and says, sorry? What are you sorry for? How long was supposed to be on that flight? Kodeshparku takes the person where he's supposed to go. I've said to Ritzik, you know, when you live like you, it's much easier to be civil things. You live with the Rabbanu Shalom, the person who davens about a 55 minute shvanet, right? A 20 minute benching. Someone lives with the Rabbanu Shalom. You live with the Rabbanu Shalom. <coughs> it's a whole different life. It's a whole different life. It doesn't mean things aren't going to be uncomfortable. That's not what Bitachin means. It doesn't mean things aren't going to, are always going to go your way. The person is able to makabble them. The person is able to be civil them. We start living and connecting with the Rebbeinu Shalom. person's life becomes very different. But it starts with Yisaitis Hamuna and developing the Hamuna and thinking about what we're doing. And we're all saying brachas anyways, saying them anyways, right? So why exactly shouldn't we take advantage of what the power of the bracha is? When a person says living with their Vainashalaylam, it's not just the brachas, the tefillah. Your tefillah becomes a different tefillah. And tefillah again is not just the tefillah that we dab in Shachas Mincha Mairiv, but like Yaitzav HaTzadik. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for HaTzlacha. Rabbi Zakharin Lebracha, Rev always used to say, if you want an Eitzah and how to develop your Amuna, very simple. Before you have to make any phone call, any Hishtabdos, you have to do anything. Say a kapitzel to Hillam. Say a bunch of I'm putting it into your hand. He said, if you would hear stories of Nisan that people had when they did this, you would make me into Chassidish Rabbi, he said. I said this over. I said that. I mean, it's a famous thing he said, but I said it over. I spoke at his first yard site in New York. The next day, there was somebody who I was associated with who, um, who needed a loan. We needed a loan about $30,000, $35,000. And um, they asked me, do I have anyone who I think would maybe loan them the money? As if I'm a big banker or something, well connected. So I got to get one person. I said, why not this guy? He's a rich guy, so maybe he has money for you. So he um, calls me back and he says, called the person. Instantaneously he said, no problem. Give him the bank uh, number and a wire he says, I want you to know that before I called him, this person had been at the hospital the night before. He says, before I called him, I said, two kapitals to him. So I read the skula, said a kapitals to him. But it's not just a skula, and this is, you got to always remember, with skulas, and especially this type of skula, which is just tefillah, it's not anything special. Not so much if you can get at the end, the mitis, the nais, and so on and so forth. The very idea, idea that you're connecting with the Rabbi Shalom, which means that no matter what happens at the end, 
do you know it's really the Rabbi Mishlei whether you get what you want or not is Rabbi Yainan in Mishlei seems to be a contradiction Rabbi Yainan has one place in Mishlei it says Techeles Mimushechas Machalalev or something like that when a person is yearning for something the longer it stretches out the sicker they get so to speak you're waiting you're waiting you're accomplishing for something and the longer it takes you just can't handle it anymore then there's a passage that says Techeles Sadikim that when Sadikim yearn for something so uh, I forgot the end of the passage it's a praiseworthy thing or something that's beneficial so Ben Yainan says make up your mind which one is it so Ben Yainan says of course when a person is yearning for something it takes a long time yeah he gets sick over it but when a tzaddik yearns for something what does he do? he dabbles to the Rabbanishah he dabbles to the Rabbanishah and he connects to Hashem that relationship is something that no matter what ends up if you get what you wanted or not is something that's valuable and something that can never be lost so the tzaddik knows that Hashem is going to give him whether he's supposed to get the thing or not but the relationship that he has because he has to daven to HaKadosh Baruch every day says Rabbeinu Yaina the tzaddik says to himself when the end of that situation comes he gets the answer whether it's a yes or a no you know what the tzaddik says I wish this would have stretched out longer why? don't you want your answer? my answer is going to come whatever Hashem wants anyways but the relationship that I built with him another day of davening to him of connecting of looking towards his salvation that's something that I wish I could have more of and that's the bottom line here it's not so much if you walk out of here use the eight so don't use the eight so come back to me you were successful you weren't successful say I was wrong I was right whatever it is it's not the point the point is the understanding of Shachal Niyabidvarai that everything is from the Rabbi Nishalala. And my connection with the Rabbi Nishalala is that's the purpose in life. Is to connect with the Rabbi Nishalala, live with the Rabbi Nishalala. So no matter what happens at the end, no matter where you end up or what you do, or if you get what you want, you didn't get, or the Rabbi Nishalala throws you a curveball, you're in his hands. You know that this is what's supposed to be for you. That's how a person is Mechazak their Amunah through Tzvila, through Brachas, then you could go back to Ramecha Yehud and say, now that you finished all this, now you'll come and daven, you're davening, be a different davening, be a Tzvila Shlema, you could come to that Tzvila Shlema, but the coming to the Tzvila Shlema, the Tzvila Shlema of understanding that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and building your Amunah comes through the Tzvila itself, comes through the Brachas itself. It's the things we're doing anyways, it's the things that everyone has to do no matter you know one day there will be mothers karav and mothers have a tour from davening however you want to use it you know so I once saw I always say this over also I once saw in the front of the Bina magazine many years ago so the uh, said over there a lady said a lady said that you know they told me I was busted from davening when I had children but they didn't tell me this lady was like 45, 50 years old she said they didn't tell me how different my life would be without the davening so it's a very uh, you know it's a very strong statement she's saying that I was putter, but Lamaisa now 20 years later 15 years later of not davening uh, she felt very empty and I guess she was trying to play catch up and you know so I 
once in a while give classes to girls, I thought to myself, maybe she's really right. Maybe she's talking right. Maybe we're cheating the whole system here. Maybe we're che- talking cheating the, the women out of their uh, sila. But then, as I went further, and I didn't write any letters to the editor to, to uh, say she's wrong, she's really wrong. Why is she wrong? Because the lady spotted from davening. She still has to make it rough. Like a bracha for you eat. You have to bench. You have to ask The one thing you're positive from is davening. You could achieve the same thing that you could achieve through davening to the rest of our day, to the bracha throughout the day. You can get it. So it's not just the standing the Shvan yes or no, whatever it is. What about the rest of the day? The rest of the brachas. The person starts living with their Shalom, their life is a different life. And that's what Shuvah is all about. That's what tshuva is all about. Tshuva is reconnecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Structuring ourselves to return to Him. Everything else after that will fall into place. But the first step is to reconnect. And that starts with tefillah, with brachas, with kavana, with yisaitis ha'amuna, with the concept of shakol ni'avidvaray. Just taking that bracha and thinking about it. A person is really saying, "Ani mamin b'muna shleima shabayre isvarach shemay ubayre umani b'chalabruim levade asa va'isa v'yatel chalamasim." That's the side of our amuna. That's the side of our tyra. If a person takes advantage of all of these tools that we have in our hand and we're doing anyways, no one's asking anyone to do anything new. We're doing them anyways. It's a little bit more thought. Their lives will be changed. Thank you.